0: eight of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a couple of minutes ago, wrapped up what can only be described as an absolutely crazy 5-3 win against the visiting excuse me, St. Louis Blues at Madison Square Garden. And... You know, it's funny because I was a journalism major in college, right? And something, you know, when you cover games, when you have a story to write, and it's kind of similar when you have a podcast as well, you start to, as the game progresses, you know, begin to think of an idea. Think of some kind of a hook that's going to get people get people's attention right away. You know, with journalism, it's obviously a sentence or two that's going to want to make people read the entire, you know, story and whatnot. And with this, it's kind of the same thing. But just like happens when you're writing a story about a game, With this podcast, you know, you sometimes have to, depending on how the game goes, rethink your hook and rethink your lead, so to speak. And that happened a couple of times in this game. And anybody who watched this game tonight probably knows exactly what I'm talking about because, you know, the Rangers, for 37 minutes or so, looked like they had complete control of this game. They were up two to nothing, uh looking to go into the third period with a two to two goal lead and they were in complete control. It was one of the best defensive games that I think the Rangers have played all season and then out of nowhere, it just completely got away from them. Now, you do have to give some credit to the St. Louis Blues. They kind of caught fire at the end of the period. They made some things happen, but be that as it may, the Rangers still had some defensive lapses and it cost them. And just like that, you know, you go from thinking that you're going to take a two nothing lead into the third period to you're down 3 to 2 and At that moment, something that I wrote into my notes, it's something that I mentioned in my Locked On Now video that we do after these games, and it's something that I'll mention right here, is right at that moment, I knew for sure And a lot of you probably would agree with me on this. Going into the third period with the Rangers now down 3-2 to after they were up 2 nothing, this was absolutely 100% going to either be one of the worst five losses of the season or one of the five best wins of the season. And I'm glad it turned out to be the latter. As far as why it would have been one of the worst five losses, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, obviously, again, the Rangers in complete control of this game, and they just completely gave it away to the Blues. Got to give some credit to the Blues for making it happen, but the Rangers did not play well defensively in the last couple of minutes there. Really got back on their heels and let the Blues right back into the game and gave the lead away. And the reason why I think this turned out to be a top five best win of the season, first of all, the Blues are just a quality opponent. That's a really good hockey team over there. I think it's a borderline miracle that Pavel Buchnevich did not score a goal, did not get on the score sheet. I would have thought you could pencil him down for at least a goal and an assist. And he had a couple of chances in this game. His old buddy Igor Shosturkin uh, made a couple of nice saves against him. But, yeah, you know, the Rangers, they, they come storming back. And you got to give a, a shout-out to Patrick Nemeth. I realize... For a lot of Ranger fans, he has not exactly been their favorite player this season, but he's back from paternity leave or whatever it's called in the NHL. Uh, You know, he obviously just had the birth of his son. So again, a congratulations to him for that. But he gets back into the lineup. He's had some ups and downs this season. You could even argue a few more downs and ups, but very, very cool to see him. Again, first game back as a dad, scoring a goal from the blue line, tying the game for the Rangers. Big spot in the game. His first goal as a New York Ranger could not have possibly come at a better time for this team. That was absolutely huge, got them back into it. And then, you know, the Rangers, they get on the power play a little bit later in the third period. And again, we'll go through all the uh, highlights and lowlights of this game, but I don't want to uh, bury the lead. There's that word again. Uh, I want to definitely talk about some of the most important things that happened real quick here, Uh, but the Rangers, yeah, I mean, they're working on the power play, and the game is still tied at 3-3, and Panarin passes the puck to Adam Fox, Adam Fox takes a shot at the net, and guess who is there on the doorstep for the deflection? Yeah, that would be Chris Kreider scoring again on the power play, Uh, the Ranger man advantage comes through for this team, just as it has done all season. And Chris Kreider coming through with yet another deflection on the doorstep. So that was obviously uh, just awesome to see. And then uh, the Rangers seal the game with an Artemi Panarin empty netter uh, with just under two minutes remaining in the contest. But we are just scratching the surface here. There is a ton to unpack. I thought the Ranger top line had another tremendous night for the New York Rangers. And Adam Fox, you know, a couple of assists for him. I was joking during the game, but I sent out a tweet that I refuse to believe that Adam Fox has— gone more than like one or two or three games all season without getting at least one assist. It just seems like you can mark him down for at least one assist every single game that the Rangers play. But like I said, there's a ton to talk about here. We will get to all that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball betonline.net is your source for hockey boxing and ufc odds right to the olympic coverage and information Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. There was a funny quote from Chris Kreider after this game, and I'll go ahead and read that for you guys right here. Obviously, the Rangers playing the St. Louis Blues, Pavel Buchnevich back in Madison Square Garden for the first time since being traded away in this offseason. And Kreider, after the game, said that it was a weird feeling playing against Pavel Buchnevich And uh, he mentioned, you know, Pavel Buchnevich there was an instance in this game where he almost knocked the puck into the Blues net, and there was a situation where Kreider was trying to uh passed the puck to Mika Zibanejad. No, excuse me, excuse me. Mika Zibanejad was trying to make a pass to Chris Kreider across the crease, and Bucinavich was back on defense, and he stuck out his stick to try to knock the puck away. But what he actually did was he tipped the puck on net, and uh, Husso ended up making the save for the Blues, and you can see Bucinavich was appreciative. He-, he tapped his goalie on the pads there. But apparently, uh, this is what Kreider had to say uh, after the game here. He said, we were joking because one of our first shifts, Mika tried to hit me back door and he, Buchnevich almost tipped it in. The chemistry was still alive. So that really would have been something if we saw uh, Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad and Pavel Bucnevich all kind of link up for another goal there. I, I don't think it would have been a great moment for Pavel Bucnevich, but... Uh, you probably couldn't help but laugh but smile at the irony of, of something like that happening. But uh, some other notes for the Rangers. Philip Hedel back in the lineup. Uh, we did an episode earlier today on, what day is it? It's Wednesday here. And I talked about how the Rangers need some more secondary scoring and how, you know, Philip Hedel and Julian Gauthier, it's really been a tremendous struggle for them. But be that as it may, I still think it's a good thing that Philip Hedel was back in the lineup for the Rangers. The only thing I would have done differently is I would have Pull Greg McKeg out of the lineup and put Philip Hedel back in and left Morgan Barron in the lineup. Instead, it's Morgan Barron who comes out. I know a lot of people like Barron. I would still probably go with Heedle over Barron, although again, I would like to see both of them over McKeg. It's nothing against McKeg. Listen, I get it. He's a hardworking, hard-nosed player. Jargalant demands that style out of his out of his players, but it's not like Greg McKay being taken out of the lineup is gonna result in the Rangers you know, just losing a massive amount of toughness and, you know, all of a sudden they're gonna start being pushed around. There are plenty of big, strong, tough guys in this lineup. I, I don't think their toughness evaporates if Greg McKay is a healthy scratch. And I don't want to go too far here, but it's almost like McKaig is becoming the new Brett Howden, where it almost seems like he's going to be out there no matter what. And it's not to say that he's playing terrible hockey, because he's not. Uh, He is physical. He logged some time on the penalty kill tonight, but at this point, I got to see Philip and Morgan Barron over great McKaig. That's where I'm at. I think a lot of Ranger fans would probably agree. Maybe not. Maybe there's some people that uh, like what McKaig is bringing to the table, and you know, even though he's not a scoring threat, he does enough other things uh, well, and is at least somewhat valuable as a bottom six forward for this team. Uh, I guess the case can at least be made. He is a hardworking blue-collar player. Some other news coming out of this game is that Kevin Rooney left the game in the second period. He was not on the Ranger bench, and then he was ruled out as far as potentially returning between the second and third period. So the dreaded upper body injury once again claims another victim, and it's obviously unfortunate. Rooney does a lot of good things for this Ranger team. Not a superstar player by any stretch, but again, you know, hardworking, blue-collar player, can score a goal every now and then, and uh, a big-time important piece of the penalty kill. If he asked them his time, and, and we have no idea because Gerard Galant did not provide an update after the game, but if he asked them his time, I would think that would maybe pave the way to Morgan Barron getting back into the lineup, and if not, you know, Johnny Brodzinski was just called up from the AHL maybe he gets an opportunity Uh, again I would personally go with Morgan Barron there Uh, but we'll see we'll cross that bridge when we get to it entirely possible that uh, Kevin Rooney's gonna be just fine for Friday night's game against the Devils but only time's gonna tell there and uh, obviously we will uh, talk about it uh, whenever that decision is made and we'll see whatever happens against the Devils. But if I could just be permitted one very, you know, casual, very general observation here, uh, the St. Louis Blues were firing on all cylinders coming into this game, and if you're the Rangers, you've lost two in a row. To lose this game really would have been, you know, borderline disastrous the way that they gave it away at the end of the second period there, because you're now on a three-game losing streak, and you figure like, oh well, you know, they're playing the Devils next. That should be two points. That should be a win. It should, and I think it will be. But. You don't know for sure. You know, Rangers-Devils, it's always a really chippy, really nasty matchup. Emotions run high, and it's a game that can come down to the wire and uh, pretty much go either way. We saw the Rangers and Devils go to a seven-round shootout earlier this season. That's how long it took for the Rangers to finally put them to bed. Um, but again, you know, the the Blues, excuse me, they came into this game having won four in a row. They were 6-0-1 in their last seven games. And the Rangers dealt them a regulation loss anyway. And here's a stat that's really going to impress a lot of people, I think. So the Rangers, look, we know they're having a tremendous season. We're 54 games into the regular season. They are looking every bit the part of a postseason team. Obviously, uh, they still have some work to do. We've gone over that. But here's a very impressive stat. So the Rangers all season, if they had lost this game tonight, it would have been the first time all season that the Rangers lost three consecutive games in regulation. And again, we are, what is that, like two-thirds of the way through the season, give or take about two-thirds of the way, almost exactly two-thirds of the way through the season. So that's tremendously impressive, and it goes back to what I've talked about in the past. One of the most enjoyable aspects of this Ranger team this season is that when they have a bad performance, and it doesn't happen often, but uh, this last game against the Canucks, I think, definitely qualifies. Game just got away from them. I know they rallied a little bit late, and you know they, they got off to a decent start in that game, and it was a second game of a back-to-back and all that stuff, but it was not a good night for the Rangers. It was not a good game uh, at all, and here they are bouncing back, and of course, they made it interesting here tonight as well, but they found a way to get the job done against a very good team that has been hot lately and avoid what would have been their first three-game losing streak as far as regulation losses are concerned. Now, everything I just said, you might be wondering, okay, well, have they had any Three game losing streaks that also include overtime losses. They have, but only one. And that occurred all the way back in November. In fact, it was the first three games for the Rangers in the month of November. They lost all three of those games. All three of them were on the road at Vancouver. They lose three to two in overtime. At Edmonton, they lose six to five in overtime. And then they lose in Calgary six to nothing. So, again, a very young team. They bounce back from tough losses and they don't dwell on the negatives. And they've been very, very resilient, bouncing back from a loss. And obviously, they stopped the bleeding uh, very quickly because, again, to date, they have not lost three consecutive games in regulation all season. And we are two-thirds of the way through the season. Tremendous accomplishment and something that should definitely be applauded uh, by Ranger fans as it pertains to this young New York Ranger team. And stop me if I've talked about this recently, but I thought this was another really strong night for the Ranger top line of Alexi Lafreniere, Mika Zabajad, and Chris Kreider. One thing that really kind of stands out for me about this line, it stood out tonight, and it stood out really in just about every game that the Rangers have played since the All-Star break, but they do just such a great job in the attacking zone of just maintaining possession of the puck. I mean, all those guys just work so hard. Uh, good passing, good puck movement, understanding what to do with the puck, you know, thinking quickly, making good crisp passes, playing the puck around the boards to, you know, get the puck to your teammate. Whatever it might be, these guys spend uh, just a tremendous amount of time in the attacking zone. And even if they don't score, you know, oftentimes the Ranger top line is going to be mashed up against one of the best lines on the other team. And so, you know, some of the skilled players on, in this case, the Blues, aren't going to be... Exactly, creating a ton of scoring chances if they're back on their heels and you know, struggling to get the puck away from these guys. And we saw a lot of that in this game here tonight, and we saw a lot of it. On the first goal of the night, which was scored by Alexi Lafreniere, his 13th of the season. Uh, Basically, all three of the forwards that I just mentioned explode up the ice. you got Mika Zibanejad going in up the left side. He quickly passes to his right after gaining the blue line. He passes to Kreider. Kreider immediately passes to his right to Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere with a good chance in deep. The save is made. Puck goes over to the boards. And Mika Zibanejad is not going to get an assist on this play. It's not like he did anything, like, otherworldly here. But as soon as the Blues got possession of the puck, he was over there creating at least a little bit of pressure. And uh, Tarasenko tried to play the puck up the boards and out of the zone. And Adam Fox was there, and he got control of it. And Fox takes a shot at the net, and the save is made. But Alexi Lafreniere is right there to bury the rebound from the doorstep. And it was funny because Lafreniere, as Fox shot this puck, Lafreniere actually jumped. He was trying to get out of the way of Fox's shot. But then he landed, and the puck was right there, and he stuffs it home. So, uh, again, a little bit of a dirty goal for Alexi Lafreniere, but uh, you love the way this first line is basically just dictating play whenever they're on the ice. They just spent a a tremendous amount of time in the attacking zone, and I thought that was especially true in tonight's game. And they weren't the only line that had a nice night for the Rangers. I think uh, the Panarin line played probably its best game since the All-Star break. At least in terms of points, that was definitely true. But we're going to break down everything that they did in just a second here. All right. So as I just mentioned, let's go ahead and turn our attention to the Rangers' second line. As I just mentioned, I, I think this is probably the best game that they've played Coming out of the all-star break, you had Panarin with a goal and two assists, you had Ryan Strome with one of each, and you had Dryden Hunt chipping in with an assist. But beyond the points, uh, just looking like a dangerous line for the majority of this night, and uh, they were responsible for giving the Rangers a 2 to nothing lead uh, fairly late in the second period. And then the wheels fell off, and we'll get to that in just a second as well. But, uh, yeah, you know, the Rangers, they got the puck in the offensive zone. And for the second time in this game, a Ranger defenseman preventing a clear is what led to a goal. We saw it with Adam Fox in the first period where Lafreniere ended up scoring. And we saw it here with Jacob Trouba. The Blues are trying to work the puck up the boards and out of the zone. But Trouba's there on the right side, knocks it down. And Panarin's open in front of the net. Truba gets the pass to him, but Panarin kind of has the puck on his backhand. He's got to spin to his side to, to get it to his forehand. And then he passes in a little bit deeper to Ryan Strome because as Panarin was doing all this, his momentum was actually taking him away from the Blues net. But he passes in even deeper to Ryan Strome, and Strome basically just turns and stuffs the puck into the net. It looked like he five-holed Vili Huso on this play. I'm not sure. I mean, Huso, you know, his, his footwork wasn't the best here. He kind of got caught in between. I don't know if maybe he thought that Strom was looking to pass to Dryden Hunt because Hunt was in front of the net there. Maybe he was anticipating the pass, but Strom basically just turned around and just swept the puck right into the net. So that was great, uh, 2 to nothing. And Ryan Strom, you know, we've talked about him as well. I thought he was struggling— just about as bad as anybody on the Rangers was the first couple of games after the All-Star break. A couple of boneheaded penalties and um, you know just not really contributing offensively the way that we're used to seeing him contribute. Uh, but be that as it may, you always had to figure he he would turn it around and get back to being the player that uh, we all know him to be. And obviously coming through with a goal here after he also scored a goal in the last game. So I think Ryan Strom is back. You can count on uh, just steady, solid production from him. I know he has his critics, but uh, overall, you know, this guy's been a really good player for the Rangers over the past few seasons. And obviously, they're going to need him because this is still a uh, very top-heavy lineup, and they need their best players to be their best players. And Strom's not quite the level, obviously, of like a Panarin or a Mika or a Kreider, but he's a reliably good player. And he's almost one of the only ranger forwards that fits that description everybody else is either a superstar or they're just kind of a depth piece or there's somebody that you know is coming along and has some upside and and their players that the rangers hope will eventually reach their full potential uh alexi lafreniere and capo caco definitely fit that description and lafreniere is getting there so that's awesome to see too but yeah ryan strome i don't think there's too much to worry about going forward it certainly seems like he's found his game here over these last couple of matchups for the rangers And, of course, we got to address the elephant in the room here, that being the three-goal barrage by the St. Louis Blues at the end of the second period here. And, you know, the first one, I'm actually going to give the Rangers a little bit of a pass on this first one. This is the one where you had Brandon Saad passing to Ryan O'Reilly for a goal from the doorstep. And it was a beautiful goal, even if you just isolate that portion of it. But this was all set up by the Blues connecting on four straight, picture-perfect Backhanded passes. They were all backhanded passes, and Ryan O'Reilly with a perfectly placed shot basically just roofs it. Sometimes you gotta tip your cap a little bit. I don't think the Rangers were really caught out of position too bad on this one. They had defensemen back. It was just a better sequence by the St. Louis Blues. But then... Uh, Not too long after this, in fact, just a minute and seven seconds after this, you get a goal by Barbashev, and he ties the game for the Blues. And on this one, the Rangers were kind of caught deep in the St. Louis Blues zone. I mean, I know they were trying to score a goal themselves, but a little bit lackadaisical getting back on defense. It leads to Barbashev getting behind the Ranger, well, the, the whole team, really, the defenseman, but the whole team as well. He goes in up the left side, and again, a picture-perfect shot. He goes to the far side of the net and beats Igor Shosturkin. So just like that, it's tied. And then, with only 16 seconds remaining in the second period, David Perron tallies to make the score 3-2 in favor of the Blues, but this was not a good sequence either for the Rangers. They were really just kind of back on their heels here. It looked like they were just completely out of position, out of sync, playing very tepid, Blues freely just moving the puck around the Rangers' zone. And it almost looked like the Rangers were killing up well you know what? No, it didn't look like the Rangers were killing a penalty because when the Rangers kill penalties, they tend to do a great job with it. I don't know what this looked like. It, it looked like they were uh, just very, very much back on their heels here, and obviously the Blues end up making them pay, and they score, and they head into the third period with the lead, but that just set the stage for the Rangers to have, uh, once again, what turned out to be one of their best wins of the season. I realize you don't want to have defensive lapses like this. You don't want to just completely fall apart at the end of a second period, and we've talked before on this podcast how you know the Rangers— and I haven't mentioned it that much recently because I think they've gotten better in this area, but they need to be sharper on the shift that immediately follows a goal. And right after the strong goal, the Blues scored, and then the Blues scored again, and then the Blues scored again. So obviously, uh, that old Bad habit kind of reared its ugly head where the Rangers just were not sharp in the shift that immediately follows a goal. And hopefully, this gets corrected as soon as Friday night's game against the New Jersey Devils. Once again, uh, the Rangers just need to be a little bit sharper than they were in the shift that follows a goal than they were in this game here tonight. I also want to talk a little bit about what happened with Jacob Truba at the end of this game. Once again, for, you know, I joked on Twitter, this is the 80th time that this has happened this season where Jacob Truba delivers. A very clean hit. I mean, in some cases, it's it's a rough, punishing hit. This one wasn't even really that. I mean, this was not a, a vicious hit by any stretch of the imagination. And even if it was, it was clean as a whistle. Shoulder to chest, Truba took the body, knocked his guy to the ice. There was nothing dirty about it. And yet, he has to drop the gloves and fight somebody who decides to basically attack him. And in this case, that happened to be Shen. Uh, They trade a couple of punches. I would maybe give Truba the slight edge in this fight here, but it's just ridiculous. You know, he delivers a clean hit, and... Now he's got to be in the penalty box for five minutes. And on top of that, at this point in the game, it was getting pretty late. And the Rangers had a 4-3 lead. And Truba is one of the Rangers' best defensemen and certainly somebody that you want on the ice when you're trying to protect a one-goal lead uh, fairly late in the contest. And now Truba's got to sit on the bench for five minutes. So that's not ideal for the Rangers. But fortunately, the Rangers were able to survive it. I thought they defended just absolutely outstanding uh, in the final few minutes of this game, the Blues ended up getting a power play, which is 427 remaining. A penalty was called on Alexi Lafreniere. And, you know, they had a couple of chances. Bucinavich had a couple of chances. He took two straight shots, but Igor uh, denied him on both occasions. And there was an instance—you got to give props to Ryan Lingren here. There's a reason on this podcast that we have an award named after this guy. And that showed up here tonight because— He blocks a shot. It caught him right in the knee. He went over like a tree when it happened, and he's basically, you know, scratching and clawing his way uh, back toward the Ranger bench. At this point, it was getting late in the power play, and the Rangers had just gotten a clear, and Igor Shosturkin actually left his crease and was kind of trying to help Ryan Lindgren get to the the bench. He was kind of, like, pushing him along and just trying to help him any way that he could. Uh, But, man, just another example of why you got to love this team. I mean, the goalie is leaving his crease, Uh, knowing and trusting himself enough that he can get back in time if he needs to, to try to help, uh, again, one of the pound-for-pound toughest players in the NHL try to get back to the Ranger bench so that they can get a change there. So just great stuff all around. And then, of course, the power play ends, and now you start keeping an eye on who so. When exactly might the Blues take him out of the crease? They pulled him with 159 to go in the game, and seven seconds later, the puck was in the net, in the empty net of the St. Louis Blues because Panarin got control of the puck in the neutral zone. He gained the red line so you don't have to worry about icing and he shoots for the empty net and he buries it. I mean, Artemi Panarin is just not going to miss this shot. It's from fairly far away. I mean, not that it's like this impossible shot or anything like that, but you get the feeling if Panarin had the puck in this situation a hundred times, he would probably score on all 100 of those, assuming that he doesn't try to, you know, pass it to his teammate and be unselfish and try to set them up for an easy empty net goal. But Artemi Panarin's just not going to miss here and uh, pretty close to being the dagger at that point. I mean, you never know. There's still almost two minutes left, but 5-3, to you're feeling pretty good. Barkley Goodrow had a chance at an empty net. I believe that would have been his third empty netter of the season. Missed it. Uh, with about 135 remaining, but the Rangers hang on. No more chances down the stretch to speak of for the Blues, and the Rangers uh, get a hard-earned win here. Obviously, you had that unfortunate lapse in the second period. Rangers really made it interesting. But as has been the case all season, the Rangers found a way to get it done. I don't care about what the metrics say. I mean, metrics have their their place and all these advanced statistics. I'm not going to completely just throw them in the trash and discredit them. But, you know, people try to say that the Rangers are playing over their heads. They're not really that good of a team. Igor Shosturkin is the only reason why they're any good. They can't do anything 5v5 or they're not a great team 5v5. You know what? It's okay to have a great goalie and it's okay to have a great couple of special teams units. That's something we talked about in the last episode. The Rangers, yeah, you know what? They could stand to be a little bit better 5v5, but they find ways to get it done. And having that moxie and having that character and just that drive to just, again, find ways to get two points, that matters more than what any certain metrics say. There's something very special that lies within this team. They find ways to get it done, and this was a tremendous win for the New York Rangers tonight it fit this season-long theme of always bouncing back after a poor performance and again just somehow some way finding a way to get it done so I think everybody should be feeling good about that obviously there are things they could do better but there is something to be said for a team that again simply finds a way And there actually is one other play that I want to talk about real quick here before we call it a night, and that happened in the first period, and the Rangers were only up 1-0 at this point in the game, and you had Pavel Buchnevich stealing the puck from Ke'Andre Miller at the Blues' blue line, and he goes in on a breakaway, and you're thinking, oh God, here we go. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll take Igor Shesterkin on a breakaway over any goalie in hockey right now, but we know what happens when the Rangers play their former players. These guys tend to get on the score sheet. You know, we saw Brett Howden get two points against the Rangers earlier this season. It just seems to go down that way more often than not. And Bucinavich made some nasty moves on the doorstep here. Uh, But Igor hung in there, hung tough, and steered it aside. The puck actually got through Igor Shosturkin, and his left pad got a piece of it and steered it aside. It went through the five hole, but because Igor was moving hard to his right, his left pad... And he might have done this on purpose, but his left pad, his left skate, clipped the puck, and knocked it wide of the post. So it stayed out. Uh, again, it went right through the five-hole, but Igor uh, found a way to keep it out and deny his buddy, Pavel Buchnevich from scoring a goal there. And this actually reminds me of another play that i got to mention real quick here as well. There was a instance early in this game. The puck got through Igor Shosturkin, got behind him, looked like it was going into the net. Uh, Jacob Truba actually deflected the shot a little bit to slow it down, but it got past Igor, again... Matter of inches, maybe like six or so inches away from the goal line, and Mika Zibanejad is Johnny on the spot. Great play, getting his stick down, getting the puck, corralling it, and calmly just moving it out of there. So that was obviously great to see. Mika Zibanejad, I mean, what else can you say? He's just a tremendous all-around player, and uh, you know, obviously he contributes a lot offensively, but in this case, preventing a goal, and again continuing to live up to his reputation as one of the elite two-way centermen in this league. Uh, But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be doing a special crossover with Trey Matthews of Locked On New Jersey Devils to preview Friday night's clash between the Rangers and Devils. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steele Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.